Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the El Nino podcast. I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. So, another successful event that we had at the DHDC, man. Shout out to my man BY at Legendary Barber Lounge. Shout out to uh, Dorian, Master Dorian, his team, Southwest Styles Classics. I mean, everybody, everybody that was there, man. Legendary Barber Lounge, man. They had their team, bro. Like, it was an absolute success. I was so filled with so much joy just to see a great event take place at the DHDC and be like super successful successful i mean it was from like two to ten uh it was packed the whole time everybody uh was there participating it was a barber battle like man they were handing out trophies money um the vendors there were so dope i met a lot of good people there shout out to my man dre sneaky 2020 uh he was there doing his thing and uh man i just had a blast man and uh you know it was just beautiful you know to be able to see that and um you know shout out you know uh you know to the morgan family man uh you know my, my brother mike he lost his brother uh scotty uh you know so rest in peace to him and you know my prayers are with the family you know it's just crazy you know one minute you know you're grieving and and the next minute you're celebrating you know and life is just like an emotional roller coaster bro you know there's so much you know that comes with with life in general you know but um you know, I, we got a good guest here. Uh, he's coming. He's coming to share his story. The brothers, uh, you know, another one of our, you know, people with local talent been doing his thing. I'm um, happy to have him here and, and to be able to share his story. We got my man, Richie Blanco. What's up with you, broski? What's going on? How's it going? Man, it's going, baby. It's going. Everything is good, bro. Welcome to the El Nino Podcast Studios, bro. No doubt. Glad to be here. It's dope. Yeah, it's no sweet. doubt about it, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So next week is going to be my last episode until January 9th. I'm going to take a little break. We're going to come back with season four. We're going to revise everything, get a, get a, a facelift on everything. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm also looking forward to that little break, man, because I be busy, man, on a regular basis. I stay on the grind. Even on my days off, I'm, I'm taking care of business, man. You know what I'm no saying? No doubt, no doubt. Yep. So tell them a little bit about yourself, man. Who you are, where you from, what it is, and when it ain't. No doubt, no doubt. All right. So uh my name is Richie Cortez Roldan. I'm uh from Southwest Detroit. I go by the artist name Richie Blanco. Uh um, with a K, baby. Yeah, with a K, yeah, that, that's important too. <laughs> Sets it apart. Um I grew up in Southwest Detroit over by McGraw and Livernoise. Uh went to Hanneman, went to Munger. Ended up going to Western for high school, so I was more around Verner the area at that time. Um, I've been doing graffiti for about 20 years now. I really first got into it when I was about 13 years old. You know, just little neighborhood stuff with homies or whatever. And um, I fell in love with it, man. I never let it go. That, that's always kind of been my passion, man. It's like... Uh, I, I always have done different things of life. I've tried to like move in a lot of different directions, but graffiti is always stuck there. You know what I'm saying? It's always been my passion. It's like my number one. I be feeling like how how rappers look at rap. That's how I look at graffiti. Mm -hmm. It's like 
I don't see nothing else. No, I've been keeping up with you on Facebook, bro. And every time I see you, bro, you painting on somebody's wall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right. You painting on somebody's garage or something. Yeah, no, not but, so much of that. No, nah, yeah, I'm just no, messing around. Like, I'm just talking shit. But you know, I start somewhere though. You know, that's how I started. Yeah, no you doubt. Know? So uh, you know, if I vandalized your, you know, your house or your garage back in the days. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I apologize. I was a different person back then, but uh, you know, we was just marking our territory. I was a young warrior back then. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying absolutely. Yep, just leaving my mark. Mm-hmm. So, what was life growing up for you, bro? You know, tell us a little bit about your parents. You got siblings. Um, so my parents are both Puerto Rican. Uh, I'm full blooded Puerto Rican. I know I look super white, but um. Mm-hmm. They uh, they're both from the island. They moved to Detroit like a year before I was born or so. So I was born and raised in Detroit. I've lived here my whole life. Um, I got a brother that lives here. I got two sisters that live on the island from my dad's side. The younger, older, two older sisters. And then my brother, he's younger and he live here. Okay. Yep. All right. So what was that like? What was life like growing up? Um, you know, in the neighborhood, did you have stability? Like, did you did you move around a lot, or were you always in one place? Did you grow up in one spot? Nah, I um, I basically grew up in the same neighborhood. I spent from when I was born till I was ten years old on Devrox, over by Livernois McGraw, and then I moved right around the corner to Daniels and McGraw. Okay, so I was always in that neighborhood, basically mm-hmm. until I turned eighteen. And then I moved out um, and I was staying over by Smart for a little bit and in Livernois. But, you know, I was still kind of running the streets and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What did your parents do for a living? My mama worked at Dance Hose for a long time right there on Central and Verner. She used to work back in the payment center. Okay. Her she name's Soki. She worked with Tony Mendez, huh? Yeah, I think. I don't even know if Tony was working there then. Honestly, yeah, she, okay. she used to work there for a long time, too. She that probably worked there been for like there 12 years. Time. Yeah, they gone now. They just, uh, yeah, they they just uh, shut moved. down the, the spot. Yeah, they moved on uh, Dick's, I think. To Dick's the warehouse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually used to work there for a little bit, too. Uh, I used to deliver furniture there when I was like 20 years old. But my first job ever was at Dance Hose when I was like 13. They had me handing out the little papers in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Just they had you canvassing. Houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leaving people the sales or whatnot. Oh, okay. My dad, uh, my dad's always worked like um, on cars doing like radiators and stuff. He welds and stuff, so... Okay. You know, and stuff was straight. You know, I feel like my my house was a stable house. You know, my dad used to party a lot, but either way, like my parents, they were both real loving. You know what I'm saying? They always tried their best to do what they could to support us. So, really, like I can't ever really remember going without meals. You know, we weren't rich either. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We definitely struggled, but but no complaints. You know what I'm saying? You always I was had what blessed. you needed. Definitely. You know, Absolutely. And and I could say that too, man. You know, I ain't have everything I wanted, but I had everything I needed, and that was for sure, man. No doubt. Yeah. That's dope, bro. So, um, what kind of student were you in school? Like, you know, we're talking about we talking about childhood. Let's go to adolescence, man. So, what kind of uh, student were you? And uh, you know, what was life like for you, bro? I feel like in elementary and um in middle school I was a pretty decent student, you know what I'm saying? Um, not straight A's, but but you know, decent high school it kind of changed up for me man i'm not even gonna lie like don't follow my path you know what i'm saying but i used to skip a lot you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. 
I, I went to Western and it opened up a whole new world, honestly, because I wasn't hip to Werner before that. Mm -hmm. So once I went to Western and I start meeting everybody on the Werner side and learning all these streets on the Werner side, mm -hmm. I was just like. It was live on Werner. Yeah, man. yeah, exactly, bro. Yeah. It was, was live on McGraw too, but it was just a whole different animal over there. So yeah, hell yeah. It's like I just, I, I would go to school and maybe check in for an hour or two and then I'd kind of just do my own thing. You now, know did what you saying? used to skip by yourself or did you have some. Some partners you used to. Uh, I just skip saw the pendant. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like that was day by day. I mean, somebody somebody's gonna want to skip. You know what I mean. Like, yeah. At least back then, you know, like we all used to do it. Was so it was school? Like, was you just on another mission? And what would you do while you were skipping? Uh, usually nothing, bro. Walk the streets. You know. I mean, I, really, like sometimes I'd be out on the little graph tip too, where I'd leave and I'd go paint a little bit. But um, walk the neighborhood, man. I couldn't even tell you if I had a good reason. Just mm-hmm not thinking you know what i'm saying yeah i'll tell you what man mcgraw came a long way from when i left in 02 to when i come down i love i love going over there now like bro all you do is smell food and you smell them chickens cooking over no there doubt. and i'm like damn bro and i just love seeing them like the development of the community bro yeah and then it merged like right right into dearborn almost you know and i just i love the diversity they got a you know a big arabic community over there bro and dearborn you know absolutely saying? they got the biggest uh, in america yeah when i uh i used to uh drive the michigan route when i used to drop all the kids off and uh you know i like so i was able to go up and down the streets and just see the development of things and you know just a cultural shift and the cultural mesh of different people coming together and and living amongst each other you know what i'm no saying doubt. like it was really sweet man i i love it bro and i love the progress that they made over there on mcgraw you know what i'm saying because yeah. like before it was really just a killing field you know what i'm saying and now it's like uh you know it's it's it's, it's looking more civilized it's looking like you know what i'm saying like development bro you know yeah, it's no looking doubt. like growth business all of southwest really you know it's 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 been a big change even in the last 10 years you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like it, it it's a it looks like a whole different city you know it's not a whole different city but e even the feels of it it's like to say that detroit don't feel a little bit different now than it did before that that's just you're ignoring the facts you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so the other day uh uh, this past Saturday, actually, um, I drove one of the shuttle buses for the DHDC. I had uh, I was working with the uh, COA department. Shout out to the COA department, and uh, we did a tour around Southwest with um, with uh, with uh, students from the U of M about envir uh, environmental justice. And so I was like literally a tour bus driver, bro. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and they had somebody who was sharing the history of our community. So we went like all through Delray. You know what I'm saying? We went went all through there. We went through River Rouge. We went all the way to Schaefer. Came all the way back. Went through parts of Dearborn. And you know, just talking about you know the the rise and the fall of our community and you know especially in delray you know everything that's happened all the production and you know who's in charge who's making the changes you know what i mean and you know people who got pushed out people who got paid <clears throat> you know the plans for the future all the development you know what i'm saying but more so you know just the, the history of things you know and and uh you know i'm looking forward to hopefully seeing them do something with uh uh, over there, uh, what's it called? Over there on Jefferson, the uh, old uh, war war uh, place. Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Yeah, I was gonna say Greenfield. Yeah, Fort Wayne. Yeah, yeah Greenfield Village. I was gonna call it. Is gone now. So yeah, 
But it would be nice if they could restore that though and bring it bring you know, that's a part of history in our community, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think they can get rid of it. I'm pretty sure it's a historic spot. Mm -hmm. No, it is. Yeah, it definitely is. But you know, to to do something with it, you know what I'm saying? Like bring it back to life since you got all these, you know, big companies, big business, new bridges and all this, you know, corporate shit. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Let some of that profit, some of that money spill into reviving some of that. You know what I mean? Something we could be proud of, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, but um, yeah, bro, it was just, you know, it was just an experience, man, and then me, I'm just expanding my horizons, bro, you know, uh, doing case management work, doing outreach work, bro, like, you know, just, you know, helping with reentry, like, I, I love my job, bro, you know what I'm saying, because, you know, I love to help people, no you doubt. know, but, uh, you know, one thing's for sure is that, you know, the problems never end, bro. And that's a big commitment and responsibility when you inherit the problems of the people from your community and make them your own. You know what I'm saying? And then help try to navigate and help people solve the issues that they're having. No doubt. You know, but the good thing is that, you know, uh, you know, we're seeing results. You know, I can relate, you know, to most people and their struggles that they've been through. But, um, you know, I just love seeing the growth, you know what I'm saying? Because now more than ever, I see people who really want to change. They really want to do something better, you know. And, you know, you got a lot of people who are, you know, battling addiction. You know, that's 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 a demon, bro, that uh, that, you know, that, that you have to fight on a daily basis, bro. I went through it with the Zans. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people overlook like the prescription pills and they feel like, Fiends are only people using them real hard drugs that we've always heard of. But really, like, bro, through my 20s, like, I, I was popping so much Zans, like, and I'm not trying to glorify that shit because mm-hmm. I won't touch them no more. You know what I'm saying? It took me a long time to to really, I knew I was fucking my life up because of that shit. I'd be in and out of jail. You know, I ain't never done no prison time. But through my 20s, I was doing a lot of stupid shit that, that I know I shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. A lot of it really led to the drugs and stuff I was doing. You know what I'm saying? And I knew it was fucking mm-hmm. me up. But still, I didn't really... It took me a long time to wake <clears throat> up and realize I shouldn't be doing this stuff to myself. You know what I'm saying? And my whole thought process and shit since I've stopped taking them, it's been like four or five years for me now. Wow, my whole life has flipped. You know what I'm saying? Where... I kind of was just partying and doing a lot of, you know, I I, I was living the graph life and, and I was still young, you know what I'm saying? And and like I said, I had never been to prison. I, I would get in trouble. I would go to jail for 30 days and kind of come out and, and do it all over again, kind of mm-hmm. in this haze, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, now, now I look back at some things and I can't believe it, bro, but I know that it was just my whole thought process was different because of these different things inside of me. How did you get introduced to to taking them? Taking I don't even know, bro. I, at my homie's house on Proctor. Honestly, I do. I remember the first time I took one. I don't know if I was like 15, 16, bro. And I took a half of football. I'm on Proctor in, in the service drive over What's there. a football? So this shit's new to me. When I left, bro, the pill game wasn't really popping like that. I wasn't in, in that business. But while I was away, I heard like that was like, for a minute, that was like the drug of choice so for that's, everybody. That it, it's an anti-anxiety medication, bro. So okay. like, and, and so really, like people will pop them and just be like, it just makes me feel good. It just makes me feel high. Mm-hmm. But when you think anti-anxiety, bro, it's like if you're somebody that is already kind of kind of risky, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you taking something that literally takes all the anxiety away, 
Mm-hmm. You, you bound to do any kind of stupid thing because nothing in your head is telling you to stop that. You know what I'm saying? Um, can't can't weed though? Doesn't weed like help people with stress and anxiety and stuff like that? That's all I do now. So mm-hmm. I'm very weed friendly. I'm a you know open stoner or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's all I really do. Like I don't drink no more. I don't. I don't. I don't party at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like it's different strokes for different folks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like weed will help some people with anxiety and stuff like that. For some people, it might make it worse though. Okay. You know, and depending on what you smoke in, it, it, it could be bad for your anxiety. You know what I mean? Sativas kind of could push people over the edge where it might make you feel a little more edgy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what was your boiling point for you to transition, bro, and be done with that shit? Like, you know, what was it that, that you went through, felt, endured, lost, that made you say, you know what, I'm done with this shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. Like, you know, everything's a yeah, process. How long were you using for um, I feel like using it a lot, where it's like, I was using it a little bit as a teenager, just kind of messing around. But I feel like probably from like the age of 20 to the age of 26, I was taking them at least four or five times a week. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If not some weeks, I probably took them all week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, And so it wasn't really just one situation, bro. Like it was a lot of different things. Part of it was the in and out of jail. Right. And then, um, so I got two kids, you know what I'm saying? I got a six year old with my lady and I got an 11 year old with another lady and and I get along with both of them. You know, everybody gets along real good. It's a great situation, but um, good for you. You know, when, yeah, right, exactly. That's hard. Because everybody can't do that. We we at the parties and everything together. So it's like, it's dope. Um, Ron Jeremy look him up. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 not that dope. Not that that dope. Um, Damn, I'm going to get in trouble. My lady watching this. (laughs) Um, So, um, I just kid. I just kid. Yeah, right. (laughs) When, when, uh, when When my oldest son, like I said, he's 11 now. And so when I would go to jail when he was younger, I kind of would just be like, you know, well, I just can't, I would only get him like on the weekends, every other weekend or something. So we would just kind of play it, you know, not really tell him what was going on, tell him I'm out of town painting or something. Um, the last time I got locked up, I got locked up for seven months, Did a year, you seven doing months county time, yep. Dickerson time. I was or? at, yeah, the old jail and Dickerson, like mm. half and half, you know what I'm saying? Um, but my, my son was six at that time, and, and I was gone for seven months, and I'm like, I can't sit here and tell him, you know, I'm just working every weekend for the next seven months, right? So I'm finally like, you know, I got to stop lying to this fool. I, I'm going to tell him I'm in jail. Not only that happened, though, but it was my son's first birthday passed that same seven months. Okay. My youngest son, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like that had a lot to do with, with me that was the last time I went to jail. You okay, know what I'm saying? Good for you. And, and mind you, I probably been locked up like 30 times. It's fucked Damn. up. I was just in and out, little stupid misdemeanor shit, just petty mm-hmm. little dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? It took me a long time to really like break that cycle, bro. Yeah. You know, bro, like, because I'd get out and That's I'd be terrible, back to the man. same shit, back to drinking and partying. And, and then three, four weeks later, I'm fucking on some other stupid shit. You know what I'm saying? Because that like, shit makes you undependable, unreliable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Unsafe, all that shit, bro. Yeah, bro. So I feel like that 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 really 
fucked with me. But I ain't even gonna lie, bro. Even that time, I still got out and was fucking around a little bit. Even mm -hmm. um, and, and but the time by the time I got out, my lady, um, she was really bad on the hands, even worse than I was. We were because wow. we were both doing it. You know what I'm saying? And um, bro, I, I don't even know. But one day, I just woke up and was like. I can't do this shit no more. And, and I know it's not that easy for some people. And even though like it took me a long time to come to that realization, I was just blessed that when I woke up and was like, I can't do this no more. I really was able to just leave it behind, bro. You know, mm -hmm. no doubt, man. That's very powerful, bro. For real, man. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you reached that point, bro. And you've been able to, you know, uh, have some breakthroughs in your life that that's contributing to your well-being, because a lot of people, bro, especially today, man, they don't make it that far, bro. No, you no. know what I'm saying? They don't even get that chance or that opportunity to see things different, do things different. You know what I'm saying? Get a different perspective because they don't make it. You know what I'm saying? And and I just. um you know, I ain't here to knock nobody or judge nobody, man, no, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, you know, fentanyl is killing our communities, man, all across, all across the states, you know what it's I'm saying? Issue. Fentanyl, I mean, the pills ain't even real pills anymore. The pills ain't real. Coke ain't even real. You know Everything's what I'm saying? fentanyl. Like, you know, <laughs> weed and coke were like social drugs. When I grew up, weed and coke were social drugs. That's what everybody did. You can't even do a line of coke no more because you don't even know what you get. You can't even take a pill no more because these boys are repressing this shit with fentanyl in it. And they even talking about people are, uh, uh, you know, putting fentanyl in weed. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that's crazy. Like, that's terrible, bro. And, and I mean, and, and there's people who know it. And they still do it. And that's one thing I never understood about, about you know, people who are ad addicted to drugs. You know, I caught a case in prison for selling heroin. You know, they charged me, gave me a new case and everything. And, um, and, and you know, when people knew that, like, guys were in prison ODing. You know what I'm saying? And when people knew, oh, we OD'd? What? He almost died? What? Where's he at? Where did he get that stuff at? I want it. I'm like, you that's want crazy. the shit that's going to kill you? Oh, man, I done OD'd five times already. I'm like, and you ain't see the light. You ain't woke up yet. You ain't want to change yet. You know what I'm saying? And and that's why I had so much respect for, you know, people who, you know, went through that and was able to come out of it, bro, because it's it's not easy. You know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. that shit is created to keep you a, as a slave to that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, for those, man, you know, I've got friends. I know people who are struggling with addiction is sad because they're, you know, good people. They're talented. They have a lot of potential. They could do more. They could do better. But, you know, they're just, you know, that, that, that drug addiction is keeping them down. So, you know, I pray for y'all, man. And if you guys ever need some help, some guidance, we provide that at the DHDC. Hit us up. Ask for me. I'll hook you up with my man, Jesse Ontiveros. Or we could sit down, have one-on-ones, and we can, you know, work through it, man. Because, uh, you know, I want to see people get past that shit, bro. That no shit's doubt. killing our communities. It's killing our generation. killing our people, bro. You know? Absolutely. Yup. So what's it like being a father, bro? What's fatherhood like for you? It's dope, man. Uh, you got a son and a daughter? No, I got two sons. You got two so sons. I got a six-year-old okay. son, and I got an 11-year-old son. Uh, they both go to school in Wyandotte. The oldest one, he just started middle school. Um, he got straight A's. His his uh, his parent teacher conference was the other day, so wow. I'm proud of him. I never Hell got straight yeah, A's. That's something so. to be proud of. 
It's sweet. My little one, he's a handful, but he's the man, bro. He's just, he's a little ball of energy, bro. If you ever see him, he's just like always running around everywhere. I be bringing him with me to MCSDA. Um, you just let him run around, go crazy, play with the ball, do whatever you want. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Shout out to the uh, shout out to the MCSDA man. They they come to the DHDC. They 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 show the youth. You know they do dance classes. No and, doubt. You know they teach them how to produce music, make beats, like all that good stuff, man. And uh, and I love that, bro. You yeah, know it's saying? sweet over there. Um, I I just been messing with them probably since the beginning of summer. Really, I've been knowing Mav a long time. Well, he's from the neighborhood. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, so Mav's cool, man. I've been knowing Mav, but... Um, so Motor City Street Dance Academy, that's what the MCSDA. Yes. It's right across the street from the Senate Theater over there. You ever get a chance, you interest, you want to know about dancing, beat making, all that good stuff, go holler at them over there. Yeah, no They'll doubt. teach you, get with them. We got it all, all the hip-hop-based classes Graffiti, all of it. Beatboxing, all yeah, of it. Yeah, no doubt, bro. I all love it, it, man. I love that, bro. You know, just coming home and seeing that type of stuff. Like, you know, before, like, we were criminalized for that, you know, type of stuff. And now it's like, it's dope, you know. We're yeah. actually reproducing it now. No doubt. You know, like, Southwest is just taking a life of its own, bro, really. Yeah, and the thing is, is we've always had the culture. Southwest has always been full of a lot of culture. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, now people are just promoting themselves more. People are putting themselves out there more. Honestly, there's so many people doing dope stuff. It, it, not only in Southwest, but Detroit. Detroit really shining right now. Detroit slapping right now. You know what now. I'm saying? Wait, it is shining. I love, I love seeing it. I love it because I remember growing up, ain't nobody want to come to Detroit. Even my family in Chicago was like, hell no, we ain't going to Detroit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? No now everybody want to come to Detroit. Shit, we got people from Germany, Nigeria, from South Asia. We got people from everywhere coming to Detroit, man. Absolutely. It's yeah. sweet. I love it, man. I'm proud of it, bro. You know? Absolutely. You know? And then, you know, what we where we come from at that because they had us as, as the worst place to be in the world. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And now, and now we're just a sight to see. You know, look at us now. It's still crazy. Like the homies from out of state are still like, they people always want to ask you, "Oh, how is it, Detroit? Like, how bad is it there?" And it's like, to me, like I've always thought it was straight. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but 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 given said, like it is nicer right now than than it's ever been, my whole life than I could ever remember. You know what I'm saying? I'm only I'm 33. Mm-hmm. Detroit nicer than it's been my whole life. I've been here my whole life. So. I mean, it's nice that you can like take a walk and walk your dog and sit on the porch and relax and like it's cool, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To just be cool because before there was always so much tension. Even if you weren't selling drugs, doing drugs, in the gangs, even if you weren't into nothing, you still felt the tension every day. I feel like Detroit just uh, it had that look. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a big part of, of Detroit's change right now, too, is just like there ain't a mu- as much abandoned stuff as there was, you know what I'm saying, 10, 15 years ago. There ain't, the, you don't see the burnt down houses no more. You don't really see You talk about up in, in Southwest? I mean, really in Detroit, you still see it a little bit, but mm. nowhere in Detroit do you see it like you seen it 12 years ago. My dog, you got to go deep east, baby. Yeah. Deep yeah, east. I'd be on grass and I'd be working with Ceasefire. Bro, we be, be through, we be, man, bro. I be sad though, bro. I be really sad because I'm like, you know, 
the people are a product of their environment, bro. How can I think and make goals or think about things that are positive when I am surrounded by nothing but open fields and abandoned yeah. houses and like there's just nothing. Like a community is just dilapidated, bro. You got a whole block when you got maybe three or four livable homes in there. You know what I'm saying? How do you expect for anybody to be successful or to think positive or to feel positive? You know what I'm saying? When you're surrounded by nothing but dilapidation, bro. No doubt. You know, I mean, I don't know, you know, who's in charge of things, but I feel like, you know, they need to either uh, uh, get them houses back up and, and, and back to business or tear them down and start all over. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because that's not healthy to live in that, bro. That contributes to mental illness. That contributes to, you know, the violence that we witness every day Absolutely. in our community, bro. Because how can I think any higher of myself when I am surrounded by everything that is so small? You know what I'm saying? That shit messes with your self-esteem. You know what I'm saying? That messes with your with your mind state, your mental state, all that stuff, no, no, bro. That's real. But I love what our community has done. Everybody's buying up all these extra lots. They're building houses, garages. They're fencing them in. I mean, bro, community like they are gardens, taking care of business. Everybody's their own business owners now. Everybody got that, taco that trucks. That really is Everybody. what I feel like has changed the lives. Where like all these fools are the like, hustle, their baby. Own Southwest businesses. hustle. Detroit hustle and succeeding too. It's like you know, progress comes a little bit at a time. But I see it, bro. I really be watching everybody. I mean, that's how I got hip to you. You know what I'm saying? I pay mm -hmm. a lot of attention online. To be honest, man, it's real mm -hmm. easy to check out everybody's network. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I pay a lot of attention to what's going on, and a lot of people are making moves in the Ain't art no scene, in the it. music scene, doing videos and. All of it, man. Community work. So has much been dope. talent, man. I'm like, bro, we are destined and determined to win. Ain't no way we can't be successful. Ain't no way that we all can't eat and get checks. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We should all be getting checks, bro. You know, it's like, I don't know. We're just waiting for somebody to come in and shower us with money. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Or we, <laughs> or we got to all put in, bro, and make this shit happen ourselves, bro. You know? But it's got to happen one way or the other because we got too much talent, bro, out Absolutely. here to not be on the map, you know? That's oh, how yeah. I feel. Yeah. And and uh, I think, you know, everybody come together collectively, man, and we all for one mission, bro, and we make it happen, dog. You know, from, from videography to photography to singing to dancing to painting to, it's happening i mean everything vendoring like food, people are selling food you know southwest fest yeah was, that southwest was dope. Fest was crazy you everybody know? was there you slapping know that boy slapped it, it was crazy the whole hood performed at that thing yeah perform there's people vending i seen yeah, you were vendoring some, yeah, yeah yeah exactly Hell i did good yeah. there too and i love it because it gives everybody an opportunity to get out there bro and and you know, showcase their talent, showcase their merchandise. You know, yeah. Hell I yeah. just felt so good, bro. Just being, you know, it was just the whole vibe of itself. And that's how I felt yesterday at the DHDC during that Barber Battle uh, Expo, man. It was just so dope. Just because when I grew up in the '90s, bro, we couldn't do shit like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Somebody was getting shot, jumped, killed, stabbed, punched, all that type of shit. Crazy, man. And, and it's crazy because everybody's talking about, oh, man, these young people are crazy, man. You drunk as hell. You was crazy, too. What you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you was that young fool. You was the first one punching somebody in the nose. Fuck the whole party up. <laughs> Be like that. Yup. 
So let's get back to fatherhood, man. You got two. You got two sons. Yeah. You said they go to school in Wyandotte. Yeah. And uh, what is it that you teach them or educate? How do you educate them about, you know, their <laughs> culture, being proud, being successful, being progressive, being diverse, all that type of stuff? I ain't going to lie, man. Uh, it's tricky, right? Because I, I feel like even though I've been a dad for 11 years, I'm still learning. You know what I'm saying? So I feel mm -hmm. like every day it's like it, it, it's tricky, right? It, and our I try to teach them a lot about our culture. So like one thing is both of my kids are half white, half Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. And they both look super white given their moms are white. I look white. They both look super white. And um, it's just we not weird, but it, it's tricky talking about some of them things. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, do they embrace their Puerto Rican culture? And their yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, yeah. My my youngest son is always running around telling everybody, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. You know what I'm saying? We proud. <laughs> we are proud people. He, he quick with it, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, and so, like, I try to teach them. And is he proud to be cultures. white, too, though? Like, is he proud Yeah, yeah. I want them to be, you know, yeah, yeah. I want them to be, you know, very proud of both of them yeah, and you that's know, they important should they should they should be parts. yes you know? definitely yeah. absolutely because um, i i know i do know some people who have like denounced you know one side or one part of who they are like you know what i'm saying yeah, whether to appease society like, or what but i mean you know you should be able to be comfortable in your own skin and accept yourself in your in its entirety you no know doubt. what i'm saying and live according to that and acknowledge every part of who you are no doubt you know absolutely yeah so uh how was the pta meeting that you said that you had attended uh like i said it was good uh he got straight a's they literally nothing bad was said um just that's kind of feel good bro yeah 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 i was like man it, it feels great bro you know like um it's tricky like not trying to teach your kids your things but also like here's my thing so my kids don't live in the hood, but I'm from the hood, right? Mm -hmm. So I I sometimes think like, do I want to send them to school in the hood, right? Because of the culture barrier. Because I know that they're not going to get the, you know, they're not going to learn anything about Spanish culture and why and that is sadly, but fucking, mm -hmm. I know it's the truth. You know, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing worries me. Or even just like, the racism that might be going on in them schools you know mm -hmm. um and given like have they experienced tricky. any of that in school i i don't i don't think so and, but and, you said they look white though. yeah I mean, so they're, they're very white what worries okay. me is them picking up the other culture mm -hmm. where they're picking up forms of hate from mm -hmm. them schools Mm -hmm. really worries me at some times because I know my son used to be at Allen Park and I switched him over to Wyandotte because I've kind of heard things about Allen Park that, you know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I know my brother went there for a little bit in high school, but but that, you know, it's a very Republican community and they could have some some, you know, racist ways out there okay. you know and, and mm -hmm. it worries me that my kids might pick that up one day mm -hmm. because that's half of what they are too you know what i'm saying and but, not but everybody that's white practices I, hey, I, I know I'm, that. I'm gonna be honest with you bro i feel like um 
I've been discriminated against more by my own people than anybody, bro. You know what I'm saying? I feel saying? that. I feel that. Like, like when I went to Mexico, like, they was, oh, you American. You know, I lived in East L.A. They're like, oh, you think you're black. You oh. dress like you're black. You I got talk fools like that tell black. me I'm Hispanic all the time. I'm like, you know dog. I'm like, you it. know, everybody talking about all these other people races. Like, y'all racist in the mud. And that's what I was going to think, too, is like, if your sons went to the community, you know, went to the neighborhood, they would probably deal with a lot more stuff there, you know, being and criticized. Oh, you a white, you like, white, uh, you yeah, white, yeah. this, you that, you ain't no real Latino. Whiteness, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like and, and go through an identity crisis, you know what I'm saying? It's I went, tricky, I went through that shit when I was a kid, bro. Like, I went, I was going to an all-white school in Lincoln Park when I was a kid, man, and, you know, I got called the N-word. My mom, like, you know what I'm saying? My stepdad was, he was a black Cubano. He came from the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Right. He was Cuban, but he was black as black, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, you know, we went through a lot of shit back then, bro. It, it was to the point I hated the own color of my, of my skin. I wanted to be white because I felt like that was what was acceptable. I ended up getting admitted into a child uh, child psych uh, ward in, um, over there on uh, Martin Luther King. It was uh, called Aurora Hospital, bro. I was 10 years old. I wanted to kill myself because I was always getting teased, you know what I'm saying, and getting called the N-word and this, that, and the other. And I would get in fights, and nobody was rooting for me, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I was always losing, getting beat up. I didn't have no confidence, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of that racism shit, bro, even during childhood, bro, it plays you know, a major, a major factor, man. It no can doubt. impact people's life. Like I grew up to be mature, you know what I'm saying? And, and I just, you know, took it as it came and I learned from it, but it's a lot of people, bro, who, who, who grow up, you know what I'm saying? Having identity crisis issues, you know what I mean? No doubt. Or, or having resent towards one or the other, you know? Mm -hmm. Yup. But, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's good, you know what I'm saying, that you're there, you're guiding your sons, and you're educating them and, and teaching them, you know what I mean? No um, let, let me tell you this. How do you, what, what do you teach your kids? How do you teach them to deal with, with conflict, you know what I'm saying? Because I know, you know, most men that, you know, tell their kids, oh, somebody puts their hands on you, you blow their shit out, you punch them, you fight them, you kick them. Yeah, uh, so I had a situation last week where my, my youngest son, he's like... Um, He's like, somebody told on me today. And I'm like, they told on you for what? He's like, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I was like, how, how they telling on you? You ain't do nothing, though. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I'm, you know, I keep questioning him for a little bit. And then finally he tells me, he's like, this kid put his butt on me. And so I got up and I spanked him. And um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You want to pank him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, he's six. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. like, I got up and I spanked him. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's tricky because, like, he loves to play fight all the time with me, you know. And, mm -hmm. and I play fight with him because I feel like it ain't really hurting him. But at the same time, well, when he came, he's like, well, I, I spanked him or whatever. I Honestly, I told him, like, next time if, if he's touching you in a way that you don't like, you push him off you. But don't put your hands on him mm -hmm. and go holler at a teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, um it's just cause times are different now, bro. Like definitely. the kids get into a fight at school. Like when we used to get in a fight at school, like we, they break it up. You might get suspended. You know, you'll be back in school in three days. But if somebody like gets their mouth popped in school right now, like they're probably going to hit you with charges, bro. Like, yeah, it's not the, the parents, same, the so. parents could be held accountable. Absolutely. I mean, they might put you on a, on a list now, even as children, you know, they keep documentation of all your incidents and violence. And by the time you're 21 and you got a record, they're going to be like, yeah, since you was six years old, you've been violent. 
Where'd you get that from? Who taught you that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, most men raise their sons or their kids. You know, somebody says something, do something, they touch you, punch them, you kick them in the nuts, you do this, that, and the other. It's a fine line. And, you know? and, and it's like, damn, like we're grooming our kids in society to be violent even from childhood, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, violence is, is just has taken over our community. You know, it's taken over our city, our beautiful city that we love with beautiful people. And it's like, you know, we still had them blemishes man and it's like we got to do better bro there has to be a better way to deal with conflict you know what i'm saying we have to be able to teach our kids to articulate themselves teach them the value of communication of critical thinking no doubt. you know what i'm saying of being humble of being respectful you know what i'm saying i you know you, you barely even see people who have the decency of mannerisms bro even to say please thank you and excuse me bro and them are some powerful words people will look at you different you know what i'm saying no doubt and uh, you know, even to apologize as somebody to say I'm sorry, it's people that'll write it out, know they bogue and know they wrong, and they'll let it go all the way to where it's not even supposed to go, just because they don't want to be held accountable or admit that they were wrong. Absolutely, you know what I mean. A and that could be a family, like a friend, a neighbor, mm -hmm. a stranger, any of that, bro. And I just think that we need to get back to you know humanitarian values, bro. And we need to and we need to instill this in our kids too, bro. Because that's that's gonna be their excuse. My mom told me don't ever. My dad always told me somebody yeah. say something. People love saying that I mean? at school, huh? Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I know we want to raise our sons to be brave and you know to be warriors and and to be strong, but teach them how to think, how to be able to use their mind, how to communicate, how to be leaders. No you know doubt. what I'm saying? That's what's really important, man. That's what that that's that's the type of stuff and behavior that's impressive, you know, anymore. And then society has changed, bro. You know, society has changed drastically. And uh, you know, I, I learned that coming home and I realized that uh that I needed to be a listener, I needed to be a student. It was not my time to be a teacher. It was not no my time to share and you know my experiences. It was time for me to listen and 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 pay attention to what they got going on. It's never you know? too late to learn, man. There's so much stuff around to just soak up, man. I, honestly, I feel like I'm always. I was just watching my man's earlier while he was setting up. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm -hmm. Always trying to take in everything, man. There's so much stuff just to... I've learned everything I do off the internet and watching everybody else. The shirts, everything, bro. Everything I do, the little NFTs, the, the internet site, all of it, bro. I, I didn't go to school for none of it. You know, mm -hmm. and not to say that the education ain't important, but there's ways to learn out here. Mm -hmm. It's all around us, everywhere, bro. You just got to look for it, pay attention. I mean, it's got its pros and cons, but I just feel like experience is the best teacher, bro. Absolutely. But it's like, you know, I was accustomed to, you know, having to do research, take notes, read books, do things like that. You don't even have to do that. You could just, like, every, like it caught, it took a while for me to catch on, but everybody was like, just ask Google, ask Google, Google ask it. Google. Like, Google truth, it, bro. Google me, bitch, all that yeah, shit. You yeah, know absolutely. What I'm Google that shit. Like, Google was just the all time teacher, had the, you know, and I remember one time, me and my daughter had an argument or, you know, a dispute about something. And she's like, Dad, I asked Google and Google. And I'm like, man, fuck Google. Google, Google don't know shit. shit. I'm your yeah. father. You better listen to me. I'm the one Damn. telling you some shit. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, you know, that's where it's at. And uh, I ain't going to lie. I use Google now, <laughs> too. You know me what too. I mean? Because everybody's Google, like, why YouTube. don't you just do it? I'm like, damn, man, I got to go do some research, look mm -hmm. some shit up, do some shit. They're like, man, all you got to do is 
looking right up. You know? Yeah, it's, it's easier than the books. Before, you got to find the book, go through the index, all that. Now you just type in the exact question. Mm-hmm. Exact question. That answer is going to pop up. It's there somewhere. Hey, the world is at the tip of your fingers, man. No That's doubt. what they say, man. No doubt. Yeah. But um, so let me let me ask you this. What are some of the things that your parents have taught you that apply to your life today? Hmm. <laughs> Dang, uh, I, honestly, I, you know, I feel like the main thing they taught me is just to be a good person. I feel like what you just said with the respect thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like we grew up fighting and all that stuff too, bro. But, but my mom, especially like I, I've always been a very polite person, bro. Even when I was rowdy and even when I was partying and shit a lot, mm-hmm. I've always been real, you know, I, I like to vibe with people and shit. You know what I'm saying? So the whole just being polite with motherfuckers or really just showing everybody respect. You know, I, I respect everybody, bro. It don't matter if you this high, this low. I ain't going to treat you no different, bro. Just because mm-hmm. to me, everybody's the same. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a quality that a lot of people don't have, bro. Like, a lot of people, I don't know how to word it right, like, because I don't want to sound like a dick about it, but like, <laughs> uh, you know, like a, a lot of people. Real everyday people, people, y'all. Yeah, real yeah, everyday yeah, people. You know, people only fuck with people with certain cloud and shit. Like, I feel like in the graffiti game, bro, like, I, I've always gotten this slack where, like, I, I fuck with younger graffiti writers. Like, you know, in a lot of times, like the real established graffiti writers, it's like the, it's like this club, right? And we all cool and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but for me, bro, like I, I like fucking with all the young bucks and shit too, bro. Like all the people that are new in the scene and shit. Like I've always been about showing love to 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 just everybody, bro. Mm-hmm. So and I feel like that that's came back to me a lot, bro. With the whole, you know, I really I really just started doing this Richie Blanco stuff in January. I've been okay. doing graffiti for, you know, a long time. I said that earlier for like 20 something years or 20 years or whatever. Do you teach your kids about graffiti and art? Do you explain so to them? Do they know I, what you do? I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty open that I'm a graffiti artist, but you know, like at the MCSDA, uh, I'm still kind of learning, right? So we are kind of always do graffiti themed stuff, but I, I'm still trying to figure out how to, I don't really get into like the history of graffiti and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm trying to avoid the illegal aspects, mm. right? Because I have this issue, right, where it's like I can't tell these kids to go out and do illegal graffiti. I mean, graffiti is usually illegal, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I uh, historically, I've always been an illegal graffiti writer. So I don't really feel right telling kids to go not do graffiti illegally, yeah, but I because I feel like that's almost like a necessary part of our our culture, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's tricky. I'm still I'm still learning to be a teacher. The kids are teaching me every time. I just yeah. did a thing earlier. We were out there painting and stuff. It was cool, but I feel like there's still certain aspects of it I have to skip around with them. I I had went to uh what is it um to Seattle, Washington uh, a couple months back, and um it was so dope out there. Because they encourage, they encourage art. Like that whole play, I was in Tacoma and I was in Seattle and they actually embrace art in its full form, bro. The culture of Seattle is art. Everything, all you see, all the walls are graffitied, bro. All around. It looks like Berlin, Germany or something, bro. Everything you see, um, even like statues, sculptures, of just different art 
pieces mm -hmm. everywhere, bro. And I was like, man, that's so inspiring. Like, if you were to go spray paint on a wall, like, you wouldn't even get in trouble. Like, it's not even... You know what I'm saying? Like a crime, bro. Like yeah. they embrace the culture that much. Graffiti was like that here for a minute, do, bro. Do they have graffiti crews here in Detroit? Yeah, like, absolutely. Do they? Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Like, is there beef? Do they beef too? We got a real chill scene here, honestly, bro. Like um, Detroit, first of all, we don't really have a big graffiti scene. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have... We do have, I would say, probably like six or seven really established crews. Mm -hmm. And then probably more smaller ones out of there. But... For the most part, man, motherfuckers ain't really stepping on each other's toes and shit. Um, and I it's say real that, smooth here. Bro. I say that, and that, I'm glad. I'm happy for that, bro. Because like when I lived in East LA and I lived in Chicago, like they call them bombers and shit. And them boys was like gang members, bro. Like they was serious about yeah. their taggings. They were serious about their territory. I'm I'm in an LA crew, uh, in an LA graffiti crew called TKO. Okay. Um, yeah, and, they're and pretty they're, popular. Yeah, they're you historic. see TKO they're everywhere. Historic. Trains um, everywhere. You they've see. always, you know, we uh, it, it's different out there. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, um, and they, I mean, they'll fight. They shoot you everything. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I remember uh, they they would call each other toy. Like if your tag it was weak, you're whack, bro. They, you're yeah, they call toy. you a toy. Yeah, yeah, people love that shit. That's still yeah. a thing. That's still and then a thing. There were, I seen two guys fight in school. Because they both tagged sir. One was S I R, one was S E R. And they were bro, like, there can only close, be bro. can only be one sir here, bro. That's and funny. they got into it in the bathroom. I'm like, Dad, these boys ain't playing over this graffiti shit, you know? It's a lifestyle, bro. Like it's you know, people have asked me, like, why do you still do that shit, bro? Like, why are you still into it? Especially mm -hmm. more before that I was like really now that I'm doing like the art stuff and like making money off of it, mm -hmm. I don't really get asked that no more. Now people are like, damn bro, now I make it makes sense. Yeah. You know, but like before people were like, why are you still doing this? Like you're just going out and painting in the streets, like running from the cops at night, you're fucking 25, 26 years old or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like I don't know, bro. I just loved it. Is it therapeutic it. for you? Yeah, absolutely, bro. Therapeutic. It, that, that's one thing, like, yeah. You're going through something tough, bro. Like, really, when I'm at the wall, bro, everything disappears. There ain't no mm -hmm. other thoughts on my mind except for what I'm painting. Whatever's in front of me, whatever's coming out, and what's my next mm -hmm. move on that wall. But, like, I, I could be having the worst day, bro, the worst day of my life. And I'm going to hit that wall, and, and it's still going to be the worst day of my life after I get done, probably. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Once it all comes back in, but... For that, that moment, time, at least, yeah, bro, you like, escape, yeah. you feel great, bro. And you're leaving your own self on there because, you know, we usually write in our names. So it's like, 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 this is me now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it, it feels good. When bro. I was in prison, I used to make like holiday cards, birthday cards, Christmas, like all cards, Valentine's good Day. Money. And, uh, and it was so therapeutic. Like, I loved it because it was so beneficial because it kept me out the way. You know, holidays come around. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I got long orders for cards because they was out cold and uh, always had really good penmanship. You know, I would do poems for people. I would do sweet cards. I would do the scratch art form. But it was like so therapeutic for me, bro, you know, to be able to be creative. And then I felt like every card I made was me sharing a part of myself with somebody else Absolutely. so i'm like everybody in here is buying all these cards off me sending them to their families all over the place and i felt like a piece of me was being distributed out you know what i mean absolutely and it was just so mentally healthy for me it was so therapeutic bro like i really loved it i love art since i was young i loved art i loved animation i loved graffiti i always had really good penmanship stuff like that you know no doubt
So let's talk about this T-shirt you brought me. Yeah, my dog. Right. I love it. I love it when my guests come and break bread, show me love. You know what I'm saying? Can't wait to wear this thing. Might wear it tomorrow. That's right. Yup. So, uh, what's up with the design? This so, is something you created. Yup. Yup. Uh, that's a Detroit design. I made it on the iPad on Procreate. Really, it was a. I, I made it for a mural submission for this mural project that was going on in Detroit, but they didn't end up picking it. So I ended up running shirts of it and people loved it. Honestly, that's my, I've done a few different shirts now, but this is by far my best selling one. Um, that boy's so sweet. Been dope, bro. I've done like three big drops of them, probably of like 50, 60 shirts each and mm -hmm. have been blessed enough to sell out of them each time. You know what I'm saying? So it's been different. Like really the shirts, I started doing them just cause I, I be doing these art pop-ups. And before mm -hmm. I wasn't doing the live name drawing, which I, I do that now mm -hmm. and stuff too. I was just showing up with pieces of art. The problem was, is like, I got these big ass pieces of art. I'm trying to sell for like $500, $600. And I'm going to all these events. I'm not selling nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm pulling up. I'm sitting there for four. And it would be cool because I'd be giving out business cards and meeting people mm -hmm. and Networking, stuff. But I wasn't bro. selling nothing. You know what I'm saying? So a few events in, I'm like, ah, I got to start figuring something else out. And I started messing with the shirts. I just threw a couple little designs that I already had on, took a couple pictures of some art pieces I had and put them on mm -hmm. shirts. And, and people were fucking with them. Boy, you know slapping, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been sweet, That's bro. That's dope, man. That's dope. And I'm working on some new merch right now. So in the next month, next couple weeks, something like that, I'll have a fresh line of merch. Uh, upgraded my designs and all that good stuff uh and same thing with me bro i was like man how can i make money you know i want to mm -hmm. be able to promote myself but i you know i still want to be able to make some money bro and uh man i had so many i had hundreds of hoodies made bro and and sold out all of them bro like That's i was love, so bro. grateful you know with people just showing love showing support but i need to get my merch game back up because you know it'd be so many events around bro i want to be able to you know it's just so much going on man. Too, man. so much going on right now yeah i love it bro my wife's like man when you gonna sit your ass down you know Can't. what i'm saying but i'm like i just did 17 years in prison i've been sitting on my ass all that time i'm ready to put in work i'm ready that. to apply these skills and these tools and and fulfill this purpose i'm on a mission baby mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but I'm, try, I'm trying i'm trying to get somebody to cut that check i'm trying to get some bread too you know what i mean you get there man you know shit that's what people keep telling me at least you know i'm on the same tip it's like shit's been really good man i had a really busy year and but still like i could be doing better you know what i'm saying but it, it'll come you know i'm telling you bro it'll i come. swear bro every time i step out the house i spend a hundred dollars bro you know what i'm saying i need no to doubt. see the clock i can't see the clock bro um but yeah man i'm like damn bro you know the bills don't stop you know everything is mm -hmm. you know i'm like damn bro you need you need two three four different hustles bro you need two three different avenues of finances you know what i mean no doubt you know you come to the El Nino podcast, look at you. Boy, they said yeah, I'm bougie. Crazy, I got blue and black crazy. toilet paper. Come <laughs> blow your nose with some blue and black toilet paper, what you know? I just like everything to match. That's all, <laughs> you know? But, uh, you know, it's just some of the little features that I got here, bro. No like, doubt. It's sweet. Yeah, no doubt about it. The whole spot it. is sweet, bro. So what's the future looking like for you, bro? Um, I got a couple art shows that I'm going to be in this year one in pontiac another one in detroit i'm not exactly sure on the dates but if you follow me on social media my instagram handle is richie blanco with a k 
My uh, website is richieblanco.com. Uh, next year, I hope to have a few shows. Hopefully, I'll be doing my first solo show here in Detroit. I had some fools reach out to me about doing one in Philly, but I really want my first one to be in Detroit. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try to make that pop off this year. Um, I'll be doing a shirt drop in like three weeks. So keep Got tuned for that. Yeah, this one right here. Um, okay. It's really just a play on that. It's got the same design on the bottom. It says Legends Are Made in Detroit. Woo, that's cold, dog. Um, I got to get one of them, bro. Yeah, you know, and so hopefully I'll have a couple other more designs. But this one for sure will be coming out before the end of the year. Um, yeah, make sure you hit me up, bro. I got to cop me a 2X yeah, real yeah, quick, no dog. Doubt. I love no that, doubt. bro. Always, man. Social media, I put everything on there. I'm always on there. I post every day. I try to stay active so motherfuckers know I'm not sleeping. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. Who's one of your favorite local artists right now, bro? And I mean, we got so many, man. You know, we got so many talented brothers. Uh, shout out to Ophelia, man. We were at Salpicon uh, this past Thursday. She does comedy. You know what I'm saying? So she's breaking down barriers, creating a lane for herself. Uh, you know, congratulations to her. You know, the show, everybody that was there performing, they was awesome. Shout out to my man Sombra. Uh, thanks for the invite. Went to his birthday party, man. It was dope, you know. Uh, shout out to Los Astros. They was there doing a thing. Man, I'm so proud of them guys. They came a long ways. And, uh, you know, and shout out to my man Brian Ruiz, man. Legal Aliens Podcast, you know, and Grupo Contagio. Them boys be doing their thing. That's right. You know, I just, I love it, bro. I love that, you know, everybody is contributing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Everybody's no supporting one another, bro. And and that's how we're going to get there, bro. Absolutely. You know, we just, we just need some money to go with it. It'll come, you know, bro. Money it's, our, it's, mountain, our, it's already coming. It's already here. I mean, I feel rich, but I just, I don't, I don't, I can't back I feel it. I feel rich, though. I ain't going to lie. I feel rich, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. But, yeah, I love the direction we headed in, man. But, you know, let them know where they can find you at, man. Give them all the information where they can get. Richie Blanco, like I said, Richie Blanco with a K. At Instagram or my website is richieblanco.com. You already know what it is, man. El Nino Podcast, Real Everyday People, every Monday at 9 p.m. We're going to have somebody here telling a story, uh, story, sharing their talent. You know, I always try to bring the best. I bring the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And how they say Southwest Finest, yeah, it's a lot of us, mm. man. Believe that. But I love you guys, man. You guys be safe. And uh, every day do your best to be your best. You know what I'm saying? I love y'all. Shout out to Serenity's Helping Hands, everything that you do for the community, everybody, you know, that you you help much love to you i'm rooting for you uh december 3rd can't wait for the beauty the beauty and the beast uh sweet 16 that you got going on uh and just much love man to everybody in the community man thank you for the love and support we're gonna keep on doing this This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.